Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 54, John and Wendy talk to Tiffany Keel. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? I am well. We typically don't talk weather. Unfortunately, I know you and our guest tonight are <laughs> suffering a uh, bone-chilling cold. Yes. And so thankfully, you're both inside, I hope, and warm and <laughs> staying that way. I have to say, though, is, uh, you know, I'm thinking about you, especially I am heading out to California for work. Uh, what a what a treat. What a treat. But, you know, it's cold in San Francisco, too. So I don't know what well, part of California to, you're going to. I, I will be south of L.A. So oh, I will. I should okay. be. You should, be, should nice. be fairly nice. Yeah. Well, I'm sure some of you will see posts on social about it. Wendy, we had a tremendous kickoff to the chat season. Yes, we did. Well, actually, we're pulling back the curtains. We we had our chat last night yep. for January. Tremendous turnout, at least one new person, which was great to see. Yeah. And great conversation about 2019 and what people were working on. Some people don't like uh, resolutions, so we say... Goals, we say they're, you know, goals, wishes, yeah, things to improve dreams. ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I, but no, I, I was super excited. Yeah. Like I said, I thought great. it was a great way to start start the year for sure. Almost oh, definitely. It was a fun conversation. Um, I, I love seeing the people jump in and it, it made me giggle how many people were posting afterwards. Oh my gosh, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, even though we say it at the end, we'll say it at the top, yes. the fourth Sunday of each month, yep. including December this, this yep. year for 2019. Fourth Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Yep. We're, we're there. So next month is going to be performance management. Yep. Uh, we'll get the questions out beforehand, but we'll be talking performance management. When do you want to pull back the curtain a little more and let people know about what's going to be going on this summer? Oh, yeah, because uh, it's going to be exciting. June, uh, the fourth Sunday in June is actually the same Sunday as SHRM kicking off. So uh, we will have our chat. Still trying to figure out how to do it. I think it's going to be epic. And it's also the uh, two-year anniversary of the very first not at HR Social Hour. I was going to say not at Sherm. It was the first not at Sherm. Well, it was a not at Sherm chat. It was, yes. yeah. But no, yeah. It, Which I, led I'm to. Really, <laughs> yeah. I, I am super excited for yeah. June. I've been driving a lot for work, so I have a lot of time behind the wheel, and I think a lot about it. It is going to be quite exciting. Uh, we're going to obviously announce more as we get closer, yeah. but I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It will be very unique in that it is going to be live yeah. during the event. So more to come, but enough about chats. Yes. We got a great guest. Let, I'll let you make the introduction. And we'll get started. Yes. I'm so excited to welcome Tiffany Keel tonight. Uh, she is my neighbor to the east in Minnesota. Just keeping it short and sweet with her bio tonight. Recruiting HR, baseball, movies, volunteering, and she is the Minnesota SHRM director. Tiffany, welcome to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. We are excited to have you here. And our first question, what's in your glass? In my glass right now, it, I have a little bit of um, coffee in my mug right now. <laughs> Very appropriate, yes. all things considered, up hot. your way. <laughs> yes. Yes, a little bit of mocha to get me through the night. <laughs> Tiffany, I have to say before before I ask my first question, you probably don't remember, but when we first met was in D.C. at SHRM. Yep. And you were so kind to me. You kind of took me 
Uh, I, we were out on the conference floor, I think, during the event, you know, opening night event, and you kind of took me and let and shepherded me around, took me with some of your pals, and I can never thank you enough for that because that was a, uh, you know, I was didn't know a lot of people yet, and it was so so kind of you to do it. And unfortunately, I haven't really talked to you a lot since then. It seems like sometimes <laughs> I don't know a lot of your backstory. How exactly did you land in, in HR as a career? Well, first off, you you are so welcome, and I absolutely do remember connecting with you live and in person in DC. Happy to to shepherd newbies around, so to speak. Part of what I love doing is is making connections with people and, and making sure that people are introduced to one another and, and connected. Um, as far as HR, so my undergrad is in secondary education, so I went to school to be a high school teacher. Ended up getting into a corporate training role with a restaurant company. And part of that role, you know, the, the training function um, was under the HR umbrella. And part of my role was to teach managers HR basics. So not only was I part of the, the overall HR function, but part of my role was also about understanding kind of HR 101 and then helping new managers or managers transitioning into um, more senior level roles, helping them to understand kind of the basic, basics of HR, especially when it came to employment law and recruiting and employee engagement, employee re- relations and things along those lines. And then after that role, I kind of transitioned into a generalist role that had some employee development components to it. It was primarily employee development and then took on some employee relations and then transitioned um, from that role into talent acquisition, which is where I've spent most of my career. Yet another teacher. I love it. <laughs> um, you know, my master's in education, a few of a few of us running around. Yes, it's becoming there's yeah. we have your own little squad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, um, Tiffany, you have been in talent acquisition for a while. You've done both corporate and agency or inside and outside recruiting. Each of it does have its advantages, but do you have a preferences? And what are the what are the advantages of each from from your, you know, the recruiter standpoint? So I, I don't have a preference. I, I never actually imagined that I would be on the agency side of talent acquisition, just given, you know, leading um, talent acquisition functions and having the to to be having the responsibility of managing vendor partnerships and vendor relationships, always being on the receiving end of the phone calls from recruiters that are smiling and dialing and mispronouncing the name of the company, not getting the, the job title right, telling me they had the perfect candidate. Even though we've never had a conversation, they know nothing about me, my company, or my hiring manager needs. So I had, you know, kind of a a skewed view of what it would be like to work for an agency. So never imagined that I would be here, but it's been four years now and I absolutely love it. Um, As far as the the differences, what I tell people who are interested, whether it's in corporate recruiting or agency recruiting, a couple of key differences. One, in the corporate world, the jobs come to you. So just through the natural course of business... Your job requisitions, they get pushed through whatever system you happen to have or whatever process you happen to have, either due to changes in business or people leave the organization. So you're not out going after the jobs. You're more focused on the strategy and then going after the talent and building your talent pipelines and filling jobs and building relationships with the business and with your hiring managers. On the agency side, you're going out and you're finding your own requisitions. 
and you're still doing the candidate management, candidate experience, candidate expectations, the sourcing. So the, the main difference is how the jobs are coming to you versus, you know, one side they're being given to you or handed to you. On the other side, you're going out and going after them. So corporate recruiting may be the way for people, who, you know, to do recruiting if they're not very savvy on the business development side or they don't like that salesy component to recruiting. But then if you do like that and you like building those relationships with multiple businesses, multiple leaders, multiple industries, then you know, agency recruiting is, is probably a good place for a recruiter to be. Tiffany, I think it's interesting that, you you know, definitely having been on both sides of the fence, too, over the years, I was actually just having coffee with a, a, a young recruiter here in town who's on the third party side mm -hmm. thinking about corporate. And, you know, I said one of the things I always liked about third party was that I got to pick the managers. <laughs> Sometimes right. I didn't, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't get that luxury. I've got to work every job. Absolutely. All you may be different, whatever else, but uh, yeah. Yeah. As, and, pick them is yeah a little and, different. and as a corporate recruiter, you get to know the ins and outs of an entire organization and entire operation for one business. Whereas a, a, an agency recruiter, you can specialize in an industry, you can specialize in a function or both which in my case, uh, working with Versique out of Minneapolis-St. Paul, that's what I get to do. I, I, I specialize in human resources, primarily in manufacturing and industrial businesses and geograph geographically, Minneapolis-St. Paul. So I, I, and I get to, I really get to do what I love doing, which is building relationships with people and then helping great HR people find jobs. I'm curious, just for my own edification, what is the market like right now for you doing that specific type of work in that market? We have the luxury here in Minneapolis-St. Paul of having just a ton of industry. We've got Fortune 50, Fortune 100, all the way through to you know family-owned businesses, startups. There's a there's a little kind of pocket here in this market for tech startups, and then we have you know mom and pop shops. We have everything. And it's it's a pretty rich market when it comes to talent, in particular human resources. And then when you dive deeper into HR, um, it's kind of two degrees of separation when it comes to talent acquisition. And then you you know filter it even further. Um, it's you know literally one to two two degrees of separation. But when it comes to the the market itself with regard to jobs, we are below the national average when it comes to unemployment. So it's literally a candidate's market. So candidates can, you know, get multiple job offers or be considered for multiple jobs and, and have their, their choice really. So it kind of is up to them to be incredibly selective about where they take their next job. Um, and employers need to be very aware of the fact that, you know, we're below 4% unemployment and talent is is plentiful, so they need to be be cognizant of what their value proposition is, and start making connections with those candidates so they don't lose the good ones. Here, here, same way, same way here, Wendy. I think you've probably seen a lot of that too. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Tiffany, I'd like to switch gears a little bit. We talked about your involvement with Sherm at the state level, and I know you've been very active in the community at the state and local level for some time. What's the biggest challenge you see when it comes to leading, leading these volunteer groups at these levels? 
think there are the, the first two things that come to mind regarding volunteering and volunteer leadership is engaging volunteers, very similar to when you're at work engaging employees. But this is what we do in our spare time. So after we've you know gone to the, the kids sporting events, their choir concerts, um, we've done our laundry, dishes are put away, the lawn is mowed, the, the driveway is shoveled. So this is in our spare time. These are the things that we do. So getting volunteers who are not only engaged, but highly involved and can still, you know, participate in strategic planning and then do that the execution of that those strategies as it relates to how we're serving our members and, and the other volunteers. So it's that volunteer engagement. And um, the other thing is the 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 just the sheer time that it, it does take and making sure that we're we're doing the right things when it comes to, you know, planning events and planning meetings and, you know, the, the preparation and the planning. So it's, there's a lot of time management involved when it comes to volunteering, especially when you are in a leadership role, because you've, you've got the volunteers that are coming to you, you know, just like you're at work and you've got a team of people coming to you on a regular basis for a variety of things, even though they're, they're volunteering and they're, they're they're tasked with their own responsibilities as as the leader of an association they're still coming to me or they're still going to that leader on a regular basis so lots of time management um it can depending on you know how much you put into it and what you want to get out of it it can take a lot of time that is so true (laughs) (laughs) yeah volunteering on the state and local level right now and yeah i get it <laughs> yeah and and with the the state level it's not just the people on the the state council for those that are familiar with you know how the the affiliations work but you have a state council and they serve as a liaison between the international organization of sherm and the local chapters and in the state of minnesota we have 12 different chapters so it's not just the the individuals that are serving on the state council, we are also a resource for the boards that make up those 12 chapters. So there is a lot of time management. There's a lot of communication involved, a lot of expectation setting. There's coaching and training. And one of the things that I absolutely love about the opportunities that I've had, both at, at the local chapter level as well as at the state level, is just the the ability to learn and grow and develop professionally. There were things that I was able to do as a volunteer leader that helped prepare me for jobs that I was paid to do and vice versa. So lots of professional growth, lots of professional development and second to none networking. So I've got, you know, as you, you both probably know, you know, it, it helps you build your network and literally I can pick up the phone and call someone three States over and say, Hey, you know, I've got XYZ job open. Who do you know that wants to relocate? Or I've got, a, you know, working in a, in a uh, multinational corporate environment. I've got an employment issue. What do you know about this particular type of situation in your state? And, you know, give me some information that I can use to then go back and kind of reconcile this situation. So the, the learning and development opportunities are second to none. And then, of course, the the invaluable network that I've gained over the years as a result of volunteering is, is unbelievable. And I think, 
you know, that kind of segues into our next question, because if it wasn't for both of us volunteering um, with our uh, local and state groups, you know, that's how we met. We got to meet in person right. at Sherm VLS, which was awesome. Part of that, too, people, you know, we've been trying to promote that. You get to attend some awesome conferences if you volunteer. <laughs> right. Um, but you've got to attend a lot of a lot of conferences. So what has been one of your favorite memories from a recent conference? You know, I what I love about the ability to attend conferences, not just the, the learning piece of it, um, but, the, you know, just being the extrovert that I am, it's the intentional connecting with people that I interact with on, on a semi-regular basis online, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram, Twitter, whatever the case may be. But then being able to, to physically connect with someone, you know, in person, you know, go to a session, meet up between a session. I had the, as far as a recent, back in October of 2018, I, I was invited along with a colleague of mine to do a, a breakout session for the Ohio Sherm State Conference. And a friend of mine in North Carolina was sending one of her employees to that conference in Ohio and said, hey, you two need to meet. So from North Carolina, from Minnesota, meeting up in Ohio, because somewhere down the road, I had volunteered, connected with someone in North Carolina, who then said, hey, you need to meet with this person because you two are both awesome. So making that, con just those connections with other professionals and, and, you know, the fact that there are people all across the nation and in some instances in other parts of the world that get to come together for a common purpose is just, I, I, I love that part of, of being involved at this level and, and getting to, to meet people in person and kind of talk about, you know, not just what we're doing at work, but we get to catch up on, you know, what's going on with the kids, what's going on with family and things like that. It's just, it, it's an extended family essentially. Yeah. And getting to know people on that that level is is um, is key, I think, and that's yeah, what makes it, it, it really it is. makes it all work. It makes it all work. Well, Tiffany, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half hour question connection, and for 2019, new and improved. Well, I feel like we have a little, little shiny, you know, from the new improved commercials, like a little shiny thing that comes up. Um, so, yes. Tiffany, who was your first professional mentor? And what was the most important or impactful thing you learned from them? I don't know that I necessarily had a professional mentor. So I didn't go through the, the matching of mentor-mentee. But I had, in one of my earlier jobs, I had a manager who was absolutely incredible. He was the vice president of HR, and I worked in employee development. And he just was very genuine and filled with kindness and, and compassion and really wanted his, the, the individuals on his team to be successful. So he provided me with it, with some very candid feedback. So I, you know, I would be assigned projects or I would just kind of take things and run with them. And one of the things he, he sat me down to, to talk with me about was, you know, you need to follow through. You need, I, I know that you're off doing your work, but I need you to check in with me and just kind of let me know what's going on so that you know, when I'm asked about it, I can report back 
you know, the, the status of whatever the project happens to be. I was a smaller organization and I was the only individual doing the work that, that I was doing. So there wasn't a team of people in employee development. It was just me. But the, the fact that he would take the time to sincerely say, here's what we need to work on and here's how I'm going to help you do it. I mean, just kind of transformed me in that job. And, you know, now it's one of those things that I, I think I am really good at. So I can go off and do, you know, start working on a project, but no, you know what, I know what I'm doing, but not everyone else knows what I'm doing. So I need to make sure that I'm following through and checking in. And that helps with recruiting as well. So you're always following up with candidates to let them know where they are in the process. And the same thing with hiring leaders, you get to tell them, Hey, you know what, I'm waiting to hear back from candidates or here's why I'm with my sourcing or here's what we, so it, it was just incredibly invaluable to have someone who was not only just incredibly smart, but, ha- you know, made the time to provide feedback and, and do so candidly. Tiffany, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? Oh, that's a really good question. You know, I'm not sure if there's one person over another over the last year. No, I'm not sure. I'd have to think about that one. Any, any maybe newer people you're reading as far as blogs or anything like that? You know, so here's the deal. So I probably no one, no one really comes to mind with regard like to the last 12 months. But um, there are a couple of people that I... I just, I think the world of, and, and one person in particular who, I mean, is just incredibly smart. And I, I always admire how quickly um, he can put pen to paper, so to speak, and just get his thoughts out there. And it just, it always amazes me just how thought provoking his words are. And it's Carlos Escobar. Um, he Carlos is, is awesome. Yes. I mean, he, he works for Alamo colleges in San Antonio. Um, he does have his own blog and just, he's incredibly genuine. He's uber smart, but it's just, I am incredibly, incredibly and always impressed with you know what he has to say, his take on um, the HR profession, the workplace um, and just life in general. So if if you've read his blog or follow him on Instagram or whatever the case may be, you'll see that he also includes a lot of photos. He makes recommendations on what to read. Um, But it's just, it's always refreshing to, to read what he has to say. I I love the series that he did. He's a previous guest on the show, but yeah. I I love the series that he did um, last year at Sherm um, where he was taking pictures of people and just putting small quotes with them. I thought that was, um, that was brilliant. So, Tiffany, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? Probably go to grad school earlier, you know, to get that that additional education. Um, but I, I don't like doing the the undergrad and grad school back to back. But I think the the gap that I had was a little bit too long. Um, it's probably right around ten years or so. But I think I would I would have done that sooner. Um, just to have that education, you know, considering I made the, the the full transition, you know, like from education into human resources, I would have gotten that HR degree probably sooner. Tiffany, we typically ask about how you enjoy giving back to the HR community, but we've talked about that quite a bit and we know <laughs> you do. 
I'm going to tweak it just a little bit for this conversation. What advice would you give to someone that is trying to find a way to give back, you know, maybe a, a new volunteer or what have you? What would you tell them? I would definitely recommend, you know, an association and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, an affiliate of the Society for Human Resource Management. I mean, there are tons of great organizations out there that are looking for great volunteers to to give back and it could be something as simple as you know working with the the ESGR so supporting veterans and trying to help them get back to work by doing mock interviews or doing resume reviews. So a lot of times people are are afraid to step into a volunteer role because they do think it takes so much time. But it you can put in as much time as you would like. Um, so just a matter of you know finding what works for you, but absolutely you know do some research, find out you know what's what's out there. It could be you know working with the chamber of commerce, it could be a local high school, and start with something you know simple. Maybe give two or three hours of your time, you know, a couple times a year, maybe once a month, and do something like the you know resume review, mock interviews, helping people to you know understand what they can expect when they they do end up, you know, in that interview or if they're looking for a job or what they can expect. I'm going to piggyback on that. You don't have to be an expert. (laughs) No, you don't. You really don't. I mean, especially with high school kids or college kids that are, you know, just starting out and they're not quite sure what to put on their resume. Um, If they're working on projects, if they're doing you know, different programs within the school outside of the, the regular day-to-day classwork. I mean, there's a lot that, that they could be doing. And, and we as those you know, HR professionals can help them with that. Tiffany, what is your favorite movie? Hands down, without a doubt, it is The Godfather. Oh, we were watching that today. <laughs> a good movie. It is the best. Yeah. How about your favorite musician or band? You know, I have a lot that I like, um, but I'm going to have to go with Prince. Have you listened to our episode with with Chris Fields? Not yet. (laughs) You're brought up. Yes, of course. Yeah, you make an appearance. (laughs) Um, Yeah. If you need help dragging him out of Paisley, let us know. Um, Yes. We'll call for help for you. Yeah. Wendy's offered to help. (laughs) It'll take, it'll I'll only take me four hours to get there. So if you can wait, you know, yeah. Well, it, it, <laughs> might, it might take four hours to convince him that it's time to go. So it's all good. True. True, true. Well, Tiffany, he's told us he's going to get the vapors and pass out. So you're going to have to drag him out of there. And that's why Wendy's offered. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll figure it out. How about a favorite TV show? Um, my favorite TV show of all time is The X-Files. Good show. <laughs> a long time. I haven't thought about that one in a while. I, I know. I haven't. I, haven't I, mean, heard, I don't yeah. watch a ton of TV now, but when it was on, it was one of those where I had to be home. Every you know, this is before yeah. DVR and TiVo and all that stuff on demand. You know, I was home every night, Sunday night, nine central, watching the X Files. <laughs> I can remember when it was on when it was on Friday nights after Briscoe County <laughs> Junior, a very a very underappreciated <laughs> show. And, and when I, when I was, so I was, I was out of college it was the late nineties. It was when the movie came right. out. So it was at yeah. 98, 99, yeah. something like that. My friend, had, my friend had just gotten married and his wife hated the show. And he called me and he's like, Hey man, will you go to the movies with me? I'm like, to see what? And he goes, X-Files, I'll pay. <laughs> my wife won't go. <laughs> he was, he was determined to take somebody with him. And I had, I'd kind of checked out at that point. 
So I went and saw it and I didn't understand what was going on at all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's my favorite. If when you're not watching The Godfather or listening to Prince <laughs> or watching X Files, what else do you like? What else do you like to do outside of work? Oh, definitely baseball. So my son plays. Um, I have coached several of his teams in the past. So it's between, you know, the if I had my choice, we would be either, you know, at a, a baseball park somewhere where we'd be at Target Field watching the Twins. I mean, Target, the experience at Target Field is just amazing. Whether, I mean, the, the games aren't always that great because the Twins haven't been good for quite some time. But the field itself, the stadium itself is is amazing. So anything related to baseball, whether it's, you know, coaching my son's team, cheering him on or, you know, trying to cheer him on without yelling at someone from the, the stands is, is always enjoyable. Um, aside from that, um, my son also plays basketball. So he spent a lot of time in the gyms over the winter hanging out, watching him play. I did have to expect you to say that baseball was your favorite TV show, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the, the order in, in which I do baseball is at the field, listening to it on the radio, then watching it on TV. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm not a fan of watching many sports on TV. I'd rather be there. For Much sure. Better. Much better. So if you weren't in the HR profession, what do you think you'd be doing? I would be teaching. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I'd be in the classroom somewhere. Tiffany, for the sake of this evening, we're glad you're not teaching. <laughs> you're probably teaching in some way, but you're not in the classroom because if you were, we probably wouldn't be talking to you. We probably would never have met at a right. conference. Right. Oh, you and I may have if I was still teaching too, but... For, again, for the sake of argument, we're glad that you didn't. We're so glad that you were able to join us tonight and, and again, just to catch up and talk a little bit. For those listeners that don't know you, that are going to want to go follow you now that, now that they've heard you with us, what's the best way for them to find you out there? I can be found on Twitter at Tiffany Keel. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, same thing, Tiffany Keel. And if you're interested in looking at silly pictures or pictures of me at the baseball park. I'm on Instagram as well at Tiffany Keel. Excellent. We will put all that in the show notes. Wendy, how about you? How can the listeners find you out there? The best way is via my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, mentioned at the end too, for Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of the HR Social Hour Twitter chat. How about you, John? HR Social Hour Podcast.podbean.com. If you go to that site, click on the left-hand side at the top, you'll find links to all my social, and you're going to find all the old episodes. Maybe if there's one that you haven't checked out yet, go ahead and give it a download. Listen, rate, and review share as you can. Anything you can do to help us boost the signal is always appreciated. Tiffany, again, thanks for being with us tonight. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everyone. We'll see you soon. 